So when I was in college many years ago, there was this um, older lady, a student, okay, her name was Miss Bernice. Now, back then, as a young college student, we called them non-traditional students, you know, the older, the older um, students. Now, I think we just call them students, right? Um, but she was a sweet lady. She was incredibly sweet, and, and this is a true story. Every day that I'd see her, I'd say, hey, Miss Bernice, how are you? And her answer never wavered, never changed, never switched up. She'd give a big old smile and say, I'm blessed, <laughs> just like that. And I'm like, I know you are, right? Because uh, every day, that was her response. And, and it just every and next day, hey, Miss Bernice, how are you? It's big old smile. I'm blessed. Well, one day she'd gotten into an accident or something. Had a, um, uh, it kind of messed her up. I believe she was in a leg brace and a neck brace, you know. And so she was, she was really messed up. And hey, Miss Bernice, how are you? Big old smile. I'm blessed. It never changed. So <laughs> I'm looking at you, and I'm like, you know, you don't really look blessed right now. You can't move your neck. You can't walk. But, but here's the thing about her, uh, Miss Bernice, is she meant it, and she felt it, and she knew it. And, and that was, in itself, was a blessing to those around her. And so she was blessed. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. If you're, if you're here with me today, uh, if you're old, if you're young, if you're watching online, um, I want to ask you this question. Are you happy? Are you happy? Like, if you went around this week and you asked everyone that you saw and talked to, and you would ask them this question, are you happy? You know, we would get a mix of responses, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, some people say, well, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm happy. You know, life is good. Some people would kind of be on maybe a step below that, like, I'm happy enough, right? And some people will say, well, I'm happy with, and they'd fill in the blank. I'm, I'm happy with, you know, uh, uh, this or that. And, or, or maybe they say, I'm not happy with, you know, fill in the blank, my marriage, my, my finances, my work, my school, my, my health, you know, what, whatever it is. And then some people would say, you know, I'm not. I'm not happy. And I don't think we'd have to go very far to find that broad range of, of responses. We could probably just survey the room and survey our online crew, right, and, and find the, that uh, range of responses. But here's something I do know that we all have in common, is we all want to be happy, right? Right? Like we, we all want to experience momentary happiness, but we also want a life kind of marked by happiness. We want, we want to live lives marked by that. We want um, to be in that first category that I mentioned, like, yeah, life is good. I'm happy. And so as you, all, as you look around, though, here, here's all indications point towards that, that happiness is a common pursuit in our culture and in our world that many people don't truly find. So why all this talk about happiness, right? You know, Jesus gives us some cues on finding happiness. And today, so what we're doing is we're kicking off this series called Blessed. Say that with me. Blessed, all right? And so in Matthew 5, 3 through 10, uh, Jesus kicks off his well-known sermon uh, known as the Sermon on the Mount. <clears throat> and he starts it off with what is commonly known as or called Beatitudes. Now, a beatitude, it's a weird word, right? But it's really just a Latin word for blessings, okay? So it's uh, Jesus is speaking these blessings. And so Jesus' sermon as a whole and these beatitudes, what they do is they stand in defiance of the culture around us. And, and Jesus is showing us what life looks like in the kingdom of God, life under his rule and his reign. And he's showing us the keys to the blessed life. He's showing us the keys to happiness. And it's almost always always not what we would expect. 
And so my prayer, church, is this. For the next eight weeks, that we will lean into this teaching, that we will lean into the words of Jesus, and, and that we will find happiness, that we will be blessed. And in doing so, I'm going to challenge each and every one of you, whether you're eight years old or 80, whether you're here, whether you're online, that we will memorize uh, Matthew 5, verses 3 through 10. We have eight weeks to do it, okay? One verse a week. Deal? Let's do this, okay? Um, <clears throat> and so uh, the eight Beatitudes in Matthew, all right, here... They all take the same form, and it's going to come up on the screen. Um, they all start with the word blessed, all right? Or some people say blessed, you know? And uh, they all, then Jesus describes a characteristic, and then he ends with an appropriate blessing. So the word blessed, uh, a characteristic, and then ends with a blessing. And they're all short, sweet, and simple. Um, and so today we're just going to take the first beatitude in Matthew 5, 3. And I want you guys to read it with me, okay? So here we go. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What in the world does that mean? You know, we see the three elements there. Blessed, a particular characteristic, which is what? poor in spirit. And then we see an, uh, uh, um, a blessing. It ends with a blessing for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, and so we're gonna, that's going to be our outline today. And we're going to look at these three elements, blessed, uh, poor in spirit, and theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to look at how this impacts our life, okay, church, and, and how we can be blessed and find happiness through this all. So first of all, the word blessed that we see over and over and over in these beatitudes, again, that's what beatitude means, blessing. But the word blessed can be understood as fortunate happy, right? Or even lucky. Now, listen, people that are blessed are people that can be congratulated. So church, I just want to tell you, I just want to be the first to tell you today, congrats, okay? Congrats. Because uh, you're blessed. And, and, and people that are blessed, they can be congratulated. See, and blessed is the happiness that we are all looking for in this world. Now, the Greek word in the New Testament was written in Greek originally, and, and uh, the, the Greek word behind our word blessed in English is makarios, okay? Say that with me, makarios, all right? Now, uh, William Barclay, a commentator, he writes this about the word makarios. He says, the Greeks, they called the island of Cyprus, they called it hey makaria, which is just a feminine ver uh, adjective version of makarios, okay? And it means the happy isle. And, and check this out about Cyprus or hey Macaria is they believe that Cyprus was so lovely, so, so rich and so fertile of an island that you would never need to go beyond its borders, beyond its coastline to find anything that you would ever need to live a perfectly happy life. Like it had it all. It had great resources, had natural beauty, climate, uh, good climate, flowers, trees, minerals. And uh, it contained everything that one would need to be perfectly happy. And so what they call it, they call it hey Macarios, hey Macaria, blessed. It describes this joy that is completely untouchable. It defines this, this joy that is, that is um, self-contained. You know, it's completely independent from everything that's going on outside and, and in the world around us. And this is why you can break your leg and you can need a neck brace and you can still say, I'm blessed. 
It's why when you're sick, you're broke, when you're isolated, when you're abandoned, when you're struggling, and everything around you in our world seems to be falling apart, is why you can still say, I'm blessed, Makarios. Maybe 2020 and 2021 so far, right, is just what we need to realize that we need something more to root our happiness in. And so when Jesus starts with saying, blessed are you, blessed are those, he's saying this is the pathway towards a happy life. So listen, church, that's why we need to step in and lean into these words of Jesus over the next eight weeks. You know, I'll, it, almost, I almost, um, it almost never looks like we expect, right, this blessing. Uh, it almost never uh, looks like what we would think or what we would imagine, but we experience this blessing both here and now. Well, Jesus' words apply to us in this world and in this life, but it will totally be fulfilled one day and realized completely when all things are made new, when Jesus returns, blessed, happy. Then he says, blessed are who? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And so what, what does this mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What, what does that mean? Because when we think of poor, we typically don't equate poor with being blessed, Right? Right? I mean, we're being honest, right? But in the Bible, poverty, like not having enough physically um, or financially, is often associated with dependence on God. In fact, I've been to uh, some pretty poor countries, uh, um, and I've seen some very poor people, and I've seen some very big smiles and some very big faith. But Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the financially poor, does he? He doesn't say blessed are the emotionally poor. No, what does he say? Blessed are the what? Who? The poor in spirit. And so when we are poor, check this out. When we are poor, we are dependent on other people. And so when we're poor in spirit, we're dependent on God. Check out what Mark Moore says. He says, simply put, it is the recognition of your own spiritual bankruptcy. In short, now one can participate. Now one can participate in the kingdom who has not rec- uh, who has not recognized. Uh, I'm sorry, I should be no one. In short, no one can participate in the kingdom who has not recognized their desperate need for God and their own inability to meet that need. Jesus said we must enter as little children. The rich and sufficient have a terribly difficult time entering, but the poor, the sinful, the destitute see their need clearly and tend to run to God freely. And so poor in spirit is not someone that's lacking in faith, but it refers to someone who sees their spiritual need. And poor in spirit, it's our humility before God. Now, now you look in the Bible and you, you often hear the seven deadly sins. You know, pride often leads off that list, right? But, but pride is often viewed as the, one of, as the original sin. And some say perhaps the sin that's underneath all other sin that we commit is pride, is our pride. So it's not surprising for us that uh, as we step into true happiness, as we step into true blessing and makarios, that, that we, Jesus is saying we need humility. We need humility. See, prideful people, this may apply to some of us, it, this is real life, compare themselves to other people who appear to be worse off. Prideful people like to document the good things that they've done. Now contrast that with the poor in spirit. Men who recognize their own spiritual bankruptcy, we just declare this, that we need you, 
God. And then Jesus says the last part, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the what? The kingdom of heaven. That's right. And so what is this blessing? What are they receiving? What, what is the kingdom of heaven? Like when you look at the eight beatitudes that we're going to look at over the next eight weeks, okay? This is what's received for the first beatitude, and this is what's received for the last one. It kind of serves as bookends, and that's an indicator uh, that that's the big idea. That's an indicator that the bookends is what Jesus is really talking about, and it's actually what Jesus talks about for uh, the whole Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And see, Matthew, gospel, Matthew, he uses the kingdom of heaven. The other gospel writers often use the kingdom of God. It's the same thing. It's a different way of expressing it. Um, and, and here's what the kingdom of heaven is. God's kingdom is all that falls under God's rule and all that falls under God's reign. Now, there is this sense in which this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven is in the future. Yeah, right? Like heaven, Jesus comes back. He's going to make all things new. He's going to make all things right. He's going to uh, right all the wrongs, and, and he's going to make things new. And we'll be living in the fullness of the kingdom of God, right? It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be incredible. But there's also this sense in which the kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom of God is now. Jesus came the first time announcing and proclaiming the kingdom. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's near. And then Jesus did his thing, right? And so Jesus came, in fact, to bring all things under God's domain and God's rule. That's the kingdom of heaven. And the church, not just our church, but the church, right, that expands geography and cultures and styles and, and, and uh, eras, we are part of this kingdom of God. One good way to understand the kingdom of God, I believe, is to just look at Jesus' words in the next chapter, Matthew 6, when he's teaching them how to pray. And he, um, in the Lord's, what we often know is the Lord's Prayer, and he says this, Our Father in heaven, <clears throat> hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know the rest? On earth as it is in heaven. So this kingdom of God is a society where God's will is done on earth. As it is in heaven. And so we look forward to the fulfillment of the kingdom of heaven, but we also look back at the inauguration of it when Jesus came for the first time. And so we live now in this in-between period of Jesus' comings. First coming and his second coming. And we, and we look forward to that time while working now to live within God's will. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of heaven. Bringing all things under God's rule and God's reign and God's domain. Now, this is our lives today. And our eternity, it's, it's aligning it with God's will. And so church, happiness comes when we live inside God's will. We can only do God's will when we are poor in spirit, realizing our own helplessness. And so today I just want to challenge us with a couple things, church. How do we develop this character poor in spirit, right? It's easy to say, oh, be poor in spirit, be humble or recognize your need. But, but how do we be poor in spirit? Two things. Uh, the first one is this. Being poor in spirit is a continuous attitude, not a singular event. Because, you know, our faith has a, has a life to it, right? It's not something we, we, we buy faith and put it on the shelf and, or put it in the closet. No, it's our life. It's living, it's moving, it's breathing. It, 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 it's supposed to grow, right? So Jesus, he wasn't saying blessed are those who admit their spiritual poverty and repent 
and then they live perfectly and have everything together forevermore. Amen, right? He wasn't saying, blessed are those who, who wear a mask. I mean, not, not this kind of mask, but, you know, wear a mask to cover, masquerade, to cover up who, their, their true selves and look like they have everything together. But Jesus was saying this, blessed are those who continually have a spirit of, of that, that screams, God, I need you. Without you, I don't, I don't have what it takes. Without you, I'm not enough. Without you, I, God, I need you. Because the closer we get to Jesus, the more that we're aware of our own spiritual needs, right? And our own spiritual inadequacy. Like the Bible says that even in, in Isaiah 46, that even our own righteous acts are like filthy rags before, before almighty righteous God. So the closer we get to Jesus, our spiritual humility should be uh, one of a, uh, a continuous spirit, not a one-time event. And so that's a first reminder for us is that this is something we need to step into every day. That, that God, you know, I don't have what it takes, but through your power, um, God, I need you. The second one is this. We continually trust in Jesus and not ourselves. Now, that, that, the phrase that reigns supreme in our culture, uh, you know, particularly at the end of people's lives, you know, I get to show up at that time in a lot of people's lives, right? That's fun, fun job. Um, but he or she is a good man or woman. Yeah, that's the phrase that reigns supreme, right? I mean, that's, that's what's going to be said at the end of your life. They're a good person. And, and while it may or may not be true, right, a lot of people look at their salvation as something that they have to pay for. Now, I'm not talking about like shelling out dollar bills, right? But I'm talking about through our own goodness and through our own good and righteous acts. Did I do enough good things? Did I outweigh the bad things? Did I... Did, you know, did I let people see who I really was? Or, but Jesus says he gives us this gift of forgiveness. But somehow we still think or try to earn it. And so that's, saying, that's not saying, Jesus, I need you. That's saying, you know what, Jesus, thank you very much for paying my tab. Now I got that from here on, right? But no, we need them, man. Like, so don't un- misunderstand me. I'm not saying we shouldn't live righteously. The Scripture says we do. We sh- every day we should, we should uh, walk and live righteously. Uh, we we, we um, have the indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit, and we ought to put to death the sins of the flesh. But our salvation, our standing before God, is not dependent upon anything, any righteous or good thing that I do, but it's upon His righteousness. Not on what we've earned, but on what... Jesus gives. And so as you grow in your faith, as you grow in your righteousness, we need to continually trust in what he did for us. Like our faith, you know, uh, faith is is not a one-time gig, right? It's something that we step into and live and we grow and, and we need to continually trust in what Jesus did for us. That's where our hope lies, church, not in the things we do. So I got a couple challenges for you this week. The first one is this. Join me in memorizing uh, the Beatitudes. If it seems daunting to you, it's, it's super easy. It's, they all start with blessed, okay? You got eight of the words right there. Boom, blessed. And, and then there's a, a characteristic, and then there's going to be an appropriate blessing. You can do one a week, right? You already got this week, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So let's do that. We're actually going to provide some, some um, screen um, 
wallpapers for your phones, and we're going to send those out on social media and through email this week um, so you can have it with you. Every time you look at your phone, boom, you're going to see God's Word. And the second thing is this. I want you to acknowledge whatever you're hiding from, yourself, whatever you're hiding from God, or whatever you're hiding from those closest to you, I want you to acknowledge that. Let it out. Share it with someone. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a close friend. Uh, Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone here at Christ Fellowship. Because when we can take off, um, when we take off the things that we're hiding and we're holding deep, we see at our most fundamental person who we are that we need him. And that's exactly what Jesus wants us to be. Poor in spirit is vulnerable. And for us to be poor in spirit, uh, we need him because we have no other options. And so, church, will you join me in acknowledging that something in your life this week? You know, I found out two weeks ago that on Facebook that Miss Bernice passed away a few months ago uh, due to COVID. And uh, it's incredibly sad, you know. Um, but I have no doubts that if we can ask Miss Bernice right now, hey, Miss Bernice, how are you doing? She'd smile. And what would she say? I'm blessed. Except now, it'd be all the blessing, right? All the happiness, all the makarios, all the fulfillment uh, that um, completely fulfilled in all its fullness in the presence of Almighty God. So church, we have the, the gift to live in God's reign right now. And we have the hope of living in it perfectly one day. Blessed, happy. Church, I want to say congrats. Say, say it with me one more time. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray.